ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off The Field, the sporting spirit of the Pacific. Hello, Valava, and welcome to Fresh Off The Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumba. My mother was from Kiribati, my father is an Australian, and after living and working in Samoa for two years... I managed to represent Samoa in cricket. More importantly, though, this show wouldn't be complete without my two expert co-hosts from across the Pacific, sharing the latest in local sports news on the ground and in the islands. Now, my first co-host is the news anchor for Tavuli News in the Solomon Islands. It's Lisa Osifalo. Hello, Lisa. Yes, hello, Bobby. And, yep, it's good to be back. Oh, it's wonderful to have you back. Thank you, Lisa. And my second co-host is a sports reporter for the Fiji Times, debuting on Fresh Off the Field today. It's Tale Mateda Kula. Bula, Tale. <laughs> Bula, Bobby. Bula, Lisa. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, Lisa, the Pacific Games kick off in less than three weeks and you still managed to join us as a co-host. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Just how busy are you going to be over the next month? Oh, my gosh, it has been crazy uh, here in Honiara. But uh, the crazy and the excitement and the buzz we've got, we're just counting it down now. And I realised that it was already November. And, yes, yeah, so, so excited. Honiara is ready uh, for oh. the Games in just a couple of weeks' time. So, yeah, looking forward. Oh, looking forward to it as well. Talay, uh, I believe you actually know Lisa. How do you know Lisa? Yes, actually I do. We um, attended the same university in uh, Fiji, which is the University of the South Pacific, located in Lothala Bay, uh, Suva. Uh, I got in in 2017. I believe Lisa was already there. She's a year ahead of me, and she was one of the strong figures uh, in uh, the Uwansolwara newsroom, and you know, it's just you, it's impossible to not know Lisa in there. And we met again uh, in our a Brisbane uh, trip, which was the FIFA one. And, yeah, I'm glad that we're still able to keep our ties close. Oh, well, it's wonderful to have you both on the show, working together after years and years of, of knowing each other uh, in university. Uh, Talay, you will also be at the Pacific Games working. You're going to be there for the whole time. Tell me about some of the things that you'll be doing whilst you're over at the Pacific Games. All right. So, um, Bobby, um, while I'm going to be doing work for, I mean, under ABC ID uh, with SIBC uh, gathering stories, I'll also be doing some part-time work for, not part-time really, just gathering stories, um, Fiji angles for the for my employer. So, doing mojo work, uh, mobile journalism, uh, videos, social media, I'll also be writing stories um, specifically focused on Fiji for the Fiji Times. Wow, so you're going to be working for the ABC's International Development Team, Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation and the Fiji Times. If I do see you, I won't stop you because it sounds like you're going to be very busy. Uh, Lisa (laughs) and Delay, coming up on the show, uh, these two will keep you up to date on sports in both Fiji and the Solomons. This team is ranked eighth in the world. I'll catch up with the woman that's leading them. Oh, that's a wild read intercept. I mean, that's a couple of intercepts now that uh, Veve has been able to get from Tonga. That young center is doing a phenomenal job when it uh, gets to intensity on the defensive end. Tonga again going for the overload on the center pass. Really pulling 
Scotland to one side. What a beautiful take there by Pallavi. The connection between her and Veve. She only had eyes for the circle. Look at that smile. Nice direct passage of play. Thanks to Fox Sports for that netball audio. The Flying Fijians have gone from strength to strength this year. Matavesi next to charge. Pella. This is behind Lukatami, but Nathalevu feeding off straps. Nathalevu thriving in chaos. Steady from Fiji. And a beautiful platform for Nathalevu to cause more trouble. And what a pass to Semir Andrandra. Splintering Wales through the middle. He's got support. He's found it. Try time Fiji. Wales stupefied. Fiji flying. Oh, Fiji are playing some sweet rugby now. Tangi Tangi Valu. Frank Romani. Danny on the pearl once more. Romani. Nada Lepu. And three those hands up. Georgia defending manfully, but it is they who are under the cross. Danny Tela, level to Amanda through the legs. If anyone can make something of this, it's Nevani and Botia. Oh, he gets the pass off too. That is amazing. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, get on your feet and applaud. The Flying Fijians have arrived in Oh, we'll find out who's behind that strength of the flying Fijians. And thanks to Stan for that rugby audio. We'll cover sport across the entire Pacific, plus loads more, so stick around. ABC Radio Australia. You're listening to Fresh Off The Field. Uniting the Pacific through the universal language of sports. Each week, my co-hosts and I will report on sports across the Pacific analysing and detailing all of the best bits in sport. But before we get to that, let's have some fun. Coconut Wireless. The Coconut Wireless is where we discuss sports gossip in your country. Is Reese Walsh on a quiet holiday in your village? We'll let you know. Are some athletes getting up to no good? We'll dob them in. It's not fact. It can't be backed up. But these are just rumours happening around sport in your country. Lisa, oh, I'm sure you've got lots to report on. What have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in the Solomons? Um, I'm just going to throw in something for the Pacific Games because I know a lot of uh, my colleagues from around the Pacific will be arriving in Honiara. Um, Just in case um, you are here, it might be raining so the whole time so that's what everybody is like thinking it's been raining on and off here in Honiara so just in case so bring your umbrellas and your raincoats because we might be expecting rain um <laughs> during time <laughs> oh, I was expecting but yeah the weather here is very unpredictable it might it might not happen but um that's like the 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 worst case scenario it might rain so that's on the coconut wireless because with sports here we're just talking about the pacific game so it might be raining so i hope tale when you come over just get ready <laughs> because it might be raining the whole time <laughs> I'll do my umbrellas. 
Oh, the entire time. I have been told to bring sunscreen and mosquito repellent, but you're telling me to bring an umbrella and a raincoat. There's vast differences yeah, there. Just in case. But, of course, yeah, it's it's going to be very hot. Bring the mosquito repellent and sunscreen, definitely. But just in case, we have some showers, which we might have. So um, that's what everybody's, like, talking about. It might be raining the whole time. Well, that is true tropical weather, so hopefully we'll get a little bit of sunshine in between all of that rain. But that's good to know for anyone listening and whoever is heading over to Honiara for the Pacific Games. uh, Is there anything else that you've got on the coconut wireless that you've heard, Lisa? Um, We've just... um, There's a lot of, like... um, loose ends with our teams um, here with Team Solomons. We've we've got some athletes um, from track and field. Uh, just recently we had a competition that some of these athletes may not be competing um, with their track events. Um, there's a lot of things um, around that. Um, they probably do not have the proper f- um, spikes and shoes um, to participate in, they're trying to sort that out. But we hope that uh, Team Solomon's, the whole Team Solomon's, is is all set and ready for for the games. But um, that was something that came up this morning. That part of that team um, will not be competing. That's with athletics oh. on the tracks. Well, hopefully they can have those spikes. If they're going to be splashing around in the water, they'll need them to stick to the ground. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Lisa. Uh, Talay, what have you heard on the coconut wireless in Fiji? Well, Bobby, there's a lot going around, but the hot topic right now is um, Flying Fijians coach Simon Rawalui. Uh, As we all know, he's um, publicly stated that he will not... uh, um, continue or extend his contract with uh, uh, the FRU and uh, so I've been hearing that he has actually um, took up a job with the Oceania Rugby as part of its high performance team I'm not sure if that's correct but that's what I'm hearing at the moment mm. oh, This is great, and you know we have heard um, about Simon over the last couple of episodes with some of our other Fijian correspondents but we hadn't heard about what he will be doing next so that is something new, thank you Tele. Uh, what else have you heard on the coconut wireless in Fiji? Yeah, so um, you know the main topic right now is is rugby. I mean, apart from uh, the Pacific Games, and uh, no, of course, uh, as we're all aware, that the FRU is undergoing restructure. Um, but I'm hearing that uh, they'll have a Talano session. Um, with all our rugby unions this Saturday and um, one of the agenda on the table is who's going to replace Simon because we're only seven months away from our first uh, uh, international test and of course the PNC which has been rebranded and some of the names I'm hearing is um, (laughs) they're they're looking at maybe Eddie Jones as the next coach or maybe somebody (laughs) or maybe somebody that has coached Fiji before like Ben Ryan so we'll see Oh, well, I tell you what, if it is Eddie Jones, you will have heard that first here on Fresh Off the Field. <laughs> oh, thanks, Talay. I love these uh, little rumours, hearing bits and pieces, throwing names out there and jobs. Uh, that, that's great so far. Did, is that all you've got for us for the Coconut Wireless or do you have more? I wouldn't want to share too much, so that's that's it for now. <laughs> there are some things that we need to keep a secret, especially before the Pacific Games. Uh, well, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for that gossip, Lisa and Talay. That was... 
Coconut Wireless. All right, it's time to find out what's happening in sport across our islands. Lisa, it's all happening in the Solomons. What are some of the highlights in Honiara right now? Um, yes, just last week, the National Stadium um, has uh, is now in full operation at the moment. And last week, there was um, a national championship for athletics and para-athletics. This event was um, actually also a test uh, run for all the operations um, within the Games Organising Committee. So um, that was a good time to factor in everything. So the competition was only wasn't only just a competition, but it was also a um, qualification for the Olympics next year for our athletes. And also it was um, a like a final selection for the athletics um, team Solomons. But it was the first time for the tracks and the field and the turf um, that came into use. So um, it was also an opportunity for uh, family supporters to come into the stadium for the very first time. Um, also um, during the three days of uh, the competition. Um, it was the first time also for a football match to be played on the turf of the brand new national stadium, which um, the Pacific Games will be hosted in. We had a football match. It was packed and crowded and it's only for football. So we're expecting like it's going to be um, really, really full uh, during the Pacific Games, but um, that was the event that we had. Um, we had uh, also the opportunity to see our long-distance runners. Um, at the moment now, we have our golden girl, which is Sharon Firisua. She holds um, a record for the 10,000 meters. And um, during the championship, we have our other long-distance runner, which she is also a gold medalist in the 10,000 metres um, long-distance event. She is one of our medal prospects. She's one of the best in the country, and she's very much one to be looking out for during the Pacific Games. But Sharon Firisua, she's the record holder for this event. Um, this was in 1997. Um, probably this was in Fiji when she held... Um, onto that record. But just recently, last week during the event, that record was nearly broken by um, Diana Matsakali. She is definitely a medal prospect and she nearly just beat that record, just falling back by 10 seconds. Um, so we were really anticipating that um, for that record to be broken. But unfortunately, she really didn't manage to um, pass that record, but it was her um personal best record so she's really um stoked and pumped and she's ready for for the game so she's looking for a better performance uh, during that time that, that's incredible so she's got a, a pb she's only 10 seconds off do you think during the pacific games running in the moment and having that crowd do you think she's going to get over the line and break that record um yes um i think um with the support um, and just, you know, having all that cheering and support behind you. I think she has the potential to do that. And we might see a, a, a record being broken by this particular athlete. She's really good and um, our hopes are high. And she might do exactly that during the Games. And you had a chat with her earlier this week as well. 
Yes, I did. Um, and um, yeah, she was, I think, very dis- kind of disappointed because she really wanted to break that record. But she was satisfied that she um, managed to um, lock in an official personal best. I am dynamatically and me from Border Canal and Benich Blomi and this one is my first time Blomi. I think me since uh, year 2010 me representing country lo first uh, out Blomi lost me representing uh, uh, Solomon lo Oceania lo Samoa then uh, Pacific game lo New Caledonia and Oceania, Vanuatu, and Samoa, Papua New Guinea, Pacific Gale, and um, I think we uh, uh, count our uh, cross country and we represented the country for yeah, we'll cross it, uh, full marathon to China and we were uh, uh, not in Mariana last year. We took a gold medal and Medium score as me this year or Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, me come back for representing country or Pacific game. Ah, uh, yes, today me basically doing best with me and me set him new BB for me at and BB for me. Yeah, I personal best for me today and 37 and 59. Until last year, me 39 and this year. Race blow me today, have me 37.59 and PB blow me. I may look forward for November game. I support today him very best now. I think him by next uh, month game by support him strong. By me say blow pass big game, have me by me doing a best month. Diana Matikale, 36-year-old Solomon Islander. She uh, is nearly broken that record for the 10,000 metres, 37.59. Hopefully she can break that record come the Pacific Games when she's got that home crowd behind her. Thanks so much for that, Lisa, catching up there and a wonderful interview. Uh, Talay, on the ground in Suva, what's making sporting headlines in Fiji? So, Bobby, in Fiji right now, we're heading towards um, the end of uh, the 2022-2023 sporting season. Um, but, of course, we still have some domestic competitions happening. And starting today is our National Futsal um, Inter-District Championship Tournament that starts um, uh, today and ends on Saturday. So it's a four-day tournament. And for the first time, um, the Fiji Football Association has included the women uh, in this tournament. It's never happened before. Uh, we've had uh, uh, women feature in uh, futsal competitions, but sort of just like a curtain raiser just to um, test women in futsal. And we are under- also undergoing um, development for women's futsal. And we have four teams taking part this year. Hopefully numbers will increase um, in the coming years. And uh, we also have um, a Fiji Beta 7 series. This is our local series. Um, that just started this year. Uh, it started a, a, m- a month ago. This is to promote um, grassroots rugby and uh, unearth uh, local sevens talents, um, just providing that 
pool of players uh, for a national seven system. Um, and the next one is the next one will be held in Lotoka uh, next Friday to Saturday, where we are expecting 32 men's, eight women's, and 16 under 21 teams um, to grace the ground. So um, that's basically what's happening right now in Suva because most of um, the other spots are focused on preparation for the Pacific Games, Bobby. Oh, of course. And like we said, they're coming up very soon. Uh, it's going to be raining in Honiara, so be ready for that. Uh, but wonderful <laughs> to hear, Tele, the futsal competition, including women for the first time. And like you mentioned, it's not just a curtain raiser. They're actually competing in their own uh, competition as well. How important is that for the game of futsal? Um, it's very important because uh, you know Fiji football always talks about women inclusion in all of the platforms, um, and it's good to finally see um, them taking off with this with the um, IDC, uh, Futsal IDC, because women only have, um, uh, to my knowledge, they only have one major tournament every year. Uh, so Futsal will be the second one, and you know it's it's a very big step towards women's development um, in sport, and of course, uh, you know this one specifically, which is Futsal, which is still new um, in Fiji. And who did you get a chance to catch up with this week? I got a chance to uh, catch up with uh, Nava, the one in Buka where he gave his inside uh, experience with uh, the Flying Fijians, uh, starting from uh, that first day in Welangi Tebuni, where they had uh, their camp. Yes, it was uh, quite special. I think, um, you know, with the Flying Fijians this year, it was uh, it was different. I think, you know, with, with Salmon coming on board uh, just this year, you know, with the changes in the coaching staff, uh, you know, some new players coming into the Flying Fijians for the very first time. And the Flying Fijians actually, and it was Simon's call, you know, it was his thoughts to take the team up there uh, to Walangi and take the team back to the Vanua, back to really a village setting where a lot of the boys can reconnect to. Some of the boys actually have never been in that setting before, and that was a positive in itself that they could connect to what really, what it really meant to be a Fijian, to see uh, the, the lifestyle and just the community and uh, the communal feeling we have amongst ourselves as a, as a people. Uh, with our Wanua and our Wuwane. That was what the Welangi Week brought out. And, you know, there was, in that special place in, the, in our, our garden island of Fiji, there the team actually, uh, you know, put the foundations in place in terms of the values and the direction and the goal they wanted to achieve, led by the coaching staff and Simon and also senior players and the whole team. And the team just ventured out from there. I think that set up uh, what was to become a memorable 14, 15 week experience, you know, the campaign that, that finished a couple of weeks ago in uh, Marseille. But, you know, it's been, it's been a, a, a massive time period and a, and a window in, in our history, uh, especially with Flying Fijians. If you look back during that time from July the 1st to our quarterfinal in Marseille, the team played 10 test matches. You know, they, they lost four. Five of those test matches were against tier one nations. They won three of those five. And never in our history have we ever done that. And on the way, they were able to beat two former World Cup champions, England and Australia. So, you know, that, that gives a lot of belief uh, to, to, to the team, to the players, you know, uh, feedback to the coaching staff, that the planning and everything that was put in place, you know, there were some things that worked, some things that need tweaking, and obviously it set the foundation for the future years to come uh, for Flying Fidgets. And what was it like uh, working alongside Simon? Because obviously it came in with uh, this new idea of... Uh 
reconnecting to our people and understanding uh, who you were playing for mm-hmm. and just sort of the influence he had on uh, the players themselves. I think it's different when you have a head coach who's won the jersey. You know, he's, he's probably, you know, one of the few head coaches uh, for Flying Fijians who has done that. Uh, well, we've had, you know, obviously, Ili Tambua. Uh, you know, you had the great uh, Ratu Joe Sobao back in the day and uh, Sam Domoni, but also now Simon, who played for Fiji, who knows what it's like, knows what it takes. And him coming in to the Flying Fijians environment as head coach, I think, he, you know, that is that's quite important. But also, not only that, he he has obviously been part of the Fiji Rugby High Performance Unit since 2020, 2019, 2020. So he knows a lot of the players in the inside outsides of Fiji rugby and our performance pathways. And even further to that, he's, he's been in France for a very long time. So, you know, for him to put together the team, the coaching staff, and, you know, laying out the plans together with the, the staff and, and everyone involved, it, it, it set us up quite nicely, you know, and it was a different kind of World Cup prep. And also from a playing group perspective, very different to what we've had in the past. Every person behind that, coaching panel had uh, the specific tasks or the specific roles and for you it was um, fitness as a strength and conditioning coach. How challenging uh, was your work in terms of getting the players in shape for, for game day? Well I wouldn't say yeah it has its own challenging uh, challenges sorry but I think the players did all the hard work you know the players did all the hard work and, and like I said this is probably the only time or uh, well, the first time in our history where we've got a whole full squad of men who are all full-time professionals. So they come in ready, you know, physically. Obviously, you know, we had to take them to a place they have never been to, but, you know, they're paid to play the sport. So they are expected to be in good physical shape. Uh, so, you know, I found that part quite, I guess, less of a burden compared to previous. And uh, and and the, all the players were quite clear in their, in their minds on what we wanted to achieve as a team and as a nation of Fiji. So with that, you know, they, they, um, they are ready to take their minds and their bodies to a place that's quite uncomfortable. And that's what preparation does, you know, so that you are able to perform. And, and all the coaches, you know, their own special capacity in their different roles. Um, that was the goal, really, to make sure that we, we sharpen our tools in our different departments, you know, uh, to get our players ready for, for what the competition would demand and bring. From... Uh uh, what you've seen that we've achieved and the performance that uh, we've all seen in this Rugby World Cup, where do you see the team in the next uh, four years in the global stage? Yeah, I think it's an exciting future for Fiji, eh? uh, God willing. I think what, what we've seen in this year, I'm going to say this, right? In 2023, and a lot of hard work has gone through to, to actually get us to where we are, but we are in transit and the future is waiting. So this year, Fijindra was able to to win a number of games more than last year. And in that process, had wins over three former or three uh, uh, super rugby champs. Two former champs in the Reds and the, and the Hurricanes. And, and a win over the current super rugby champs, seven-time winner, the Crusaders. In the same year, Flag Fijians has beaten two tier one nations in Australia and England. Both have won the Wear Bellies Trophy. That, if you really look closely at Fiji rugby, and if you have been following the trends, where we've come from, where we are, those are five results that should tell you that we are on this path. 
So if you're asking about 2027, then what that has done in 2023 should give belief to the people, but also confidence to the playing group, and also to our pathways going underneath the Ndrua and the Flying Fijians, that, you know, I'm, and I'm talking about coaches, talking about players, parents, club coaches, school teachers, everyone, that, you know, if we really align our processes and together with Fiji Rugby Union, then we've got something really special. Because I can't think of any other Tier 2 nation that has done that in one year. And we're just talking from March to July. So that's telling us a story, you know, and, and that should really uh, bring about a massive amount of positivity and belief uh, that we're heading in the right direction. We just got to work, keep working on what we need to um, improve. What's a moment in this Rugby World Cup that you will forever take with you? I think there's so many memories from this Rugby World Cup, uh, working with a very special group of players and coaches. Um, I think the game against the Wallabies, you know, to defeat Australia in a World Cup, never been done before. So to, you know, to actually witness that uh, in my lifetime, to actually see that, you know, something that I think, you know, is going to be remembered for a very long time. And that the players and their families can be really proud of what they were able to achieve out there. Thanks so much, uh, Mr. Nella, for joining us. There we have it, strength and conditioning coach for the Flying Fijians. Uh, he's right there. Just the fact that the Flying Fijians, a Tier 2 nation, have defeated Tier 1 nations multiple times over the last couple of years. They really are looking on the up, aren't they, Tale? Yes, they are. Hence the reason why we keep asking for more Tier 1 games. Uh, and we'll see very soon if, that, uh, if our you know, calls will be heard. Definitely, and hopefully he's able to work with Eddie Jones when he makes the move over to Fiji. <laughs> uh, thank you very much uh, for that wonderful interview uh, to both Lisa and to Leigh. Uh, there's plenty happening across the Pacific in sports. Uh, we're coming to the end of the Pacific Championships with two more games this weekend. In the Pacific Cup final, the Kangaroos will take on the Kiwis for the second week in a row. Now, the Kangaroos defeated the Kiwis 36-18 last Saturday in Melbourne. However, when they each played to Samoa, the Kiwis were far more dominant, smashing Samoa 50-0, whereas the Kangaroos game was a lot closer, uh, defeating Samoa 38-12. Anyway, the Kangaroos and the Kiwis will face off again, and that is all happening this Saturday, the 4th of November, it will be on at 2pm PNG time and that game is being played in Hamilton. And in the last game of the Pacific Championships, uh, Fiji Bati will take on the PNG Kumuls in the Pacific Bowl final. These two teams also faced off against each other last weekend. That was in Port Moresby with Fiji Bati winning comfortably over the Kumuls 43-16. But... It is finals footy and anything can happen, especially with the Kumuls home crowd. I think Having a home crowd can really lift teams to get over the line. So we'll see what happens this weekend. That game is happening, the Pacific Bowl final, this Sunday, the 5th of November, 3pm PNG time in Port Moresby. Now, if you can't get to that game in Port Moresby or the game in Hamilton, that's okay. You can listen to it on ABC Radio Australia. We have been broadcasting all of the games throughout the Pacific Championships, so you won't miss out on anything at all. Uh, Elizabeth, now, like we said, we've been talking about it and we can, we will continue to talk about it until we're into it. The Pacific Games. Can you give us an update on the ground in Honiara? 
Okay, um, yep, we're counting it down. We're in November now. Um, we'll be expecting uh, the first contingents, uh, first teams from respective countries to be start arriving on the 14th um, of this month. We've got uh, competitions, um, which is football, uh, archery, and uh, probably tennis that will be starting off competition uh, prior to the opening ceremony. Um, but yeah, we'll be expecting the first countries to be arriving on the 14th. All the venues um, are set. The accommodations, the games village and the games venues is all good. Um, the good thing about it from my last experience um, with the Pacific Games, um, all the venues are at walking distance also from various sports. So you really don't have to um, go very far to cover another event. So um, the venues are in sort of like one location. Um, but yeah, apart Apart from that, uh, just the final and finishing touches to whatever that needs to be done, probably logistic-wise and um, caterers and all the other things that happen around the actual sporting events. Um, but as for that, um, I can confidently say that um, with regards to the Pacific Games, um, Honiara uh, Solomon Islands is ready to welcome more than 5,000 athletes. Oh, I can't wait. I see ticket sales uh, went on sale. And there's also a number of events that are free. Is, is that right, Lisa? Um, there is the water park, which is free. Um, that's the only venue that is a bit away from all the other venues. But that specific venue for va'a and sailing and water sports, the venue is free. So you don't have to get tickets. You can just rock up and cheer for um, your favourite team up at the uh, water park. Oh, that Yumi water park. I cannot wait to see it. That will be incredible and worth the journey to get out there as well. Uh, Thanks for that, Lisa. Talay, we've got some rugby sevens happening. Tell us about that. That's right, Bobby. We have the Oceania Sevens that's coming up. It's starting on the 10th of this month, uh, culminating to the 12th. So we have 12, uh, sorry, 25 teams from 14 countries in the region uh, that will compete, and that includes 15 men's and 10 women's teams. Um, this tournament is. Um, sort of particularly important for teams like Tonga, Samoa, and of course our Fijiana 7th team because they are looking uh, to book a spot uh, to the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. Uh, we have teams like Australia, New Zealand, and our Fiji men's teams, team rather, that has uh, that have qualified uh, to the Olympic Games. So um, really the stakes are high for the other teams that I've already mentioned in Tonga, Samoa, and the Fijiana um, you know, using this tournament as a platform uh, to gain qualification uh, to Paris next year. Love hearing all of these Olympic qualifying events that are happening in the Pacific. Uh, you know, back in the day, we certainly had to travel uh, far and wide to be able to attend these world qualifying events like the Olympics. So uh, wonderful to hear that Pacific Islanders can do it in their own backyard here as well. Thank you for that, Talay. Uh, Lisa, the uh, Solomon Islands national football team, pretty successful recently. Uh, yes, uh, we were very pleased with the result. Uh, Solomon Islands uh, won the um, MSG, the Melanesian 
um, Spearhead Group Prime Minister's Cup, which was held in New Caledonia um, after 28 years. Um, Solomon Islands brought the uh, trophy back home after winning their last win. That was 28 years ago here in uh, Solomon Islands when Solomon Islands was the host nation at that time. And it was called the Melanesian Cup during those days. But now it's, um, yep, the MSG Prime Minister's Cup. So Solomon Islands uh, beat the host country, New Caledonia, in the finals and uh, coming back home to uh, to a celebration, of course, in Honiara. And Solomon Islands will be hosting uh, next year's MSG Prime Minister's Cup. So we're looking forward to that event as well. But it was a really, really good build-up, um, especially for the game. So um, the coach... Um, who is uh, Spanish, uh, Felipe, he uh, reiterated the message that um, I think the Solomon Island Bonitos, the football team, is also eyeing for gold uh, during the Pacific Games after uh, the win with the MSG Prime Minister's Cup. So, yep, we'll be hosting the next um, MSG Prime Minister's Cup right here in um, Honiara. That's next year. Oh, can't wait for that. And in the new stadium as well, oh, I'm sure you'll pack it out. Uh, but that's wonderful preparations coming into the Pacific Games for the Solomon Islands national football team. Thank you for that, Lisa. Uh, Talay, leading into the Pacific Games, you've got some gold medal prospects. Tell us about that for Fiji. That's right, Bobby. So uh, we have a team of more than 400 officials and athletes that are coming over to the Solomon Islands, which um, is the biggest contingent so far for Fiji for the Pacific Games. And I'd like to zoom in on this um, a very special boxer. His name is Chani Ndavulek Roilangilangi. Um, he's one of uh, the seven amateur boxers that will represent Fiji uh, in, in the Solomon Islands Pacific Games. He won silver. Uh, in 2019 in the 64 kg category uh, in Samoa when the Pacific Games was held in Samoa so expectations are really high uh, in terms of him you know winning gold in the Solomon Islands and he's also uh, the oldest and the most experienced boxer in our team of seven that's coming over and uh, you know he's Fiji's first ever boxer to win a fight at a world championship um, uh, he won his fight in the Uzbek Pakistan uh, World Championship earlier this year, and he uh, bowed out in the round of 16. We also have um, our Fiji football women's team that that's uh, looking promising at the moment. Now, they won bronze in 2019. Um, their coach has uh, mentioned clearly that they want nothing less than a gold medal in the Solomon Islands, and they have a, a mixture of experienced um, players in the likes of Naomi Wanganindrala, and their youngsters, upcoming youngsters, Seruaya Lolamba, who's a 16-year-old. Uh, she impressed uh, in Tahiti during the OFC uh, Under-16 uh, Championship. Uh, and of course, we have our overseas-based players. So again, expectations are high uh, and we wish them all the best uh, um, in their quest for gold in the Solomon Islands. Oh, lots of prospects there as well. So across the board, many different events from boxing there too. So thanks very much. Lots happening in sport every week. So it's nice to hear some of the highlights from across the Pacific from our experts in the Pacific. So thank you to Lisa and thanks to Lay. ABC Radio Australia. Off the field. Feel the power of Pacific sports.
Tongatala are currently ranked eighth in the world when it comes to netball. My next guest was named captain in 2022, where she got to visit her homeland for the first time. I asked Hulita Veve what she remembers about that visit. Yeah, that was the very first time for me, so it was very special. Um, yeah, it's exciting for me to represent um, Tonga, which is my dad's side, and my dad passed away a few years ago. So to be able to represent Tonga and to be able to go and visit Tonga for the first time was huge. Um, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. So to be able to go there whilst representing my country is yeah, a dream come true for me. Who did you get to meet there? Did I read you, you got to meet the Queen and the Prime Minister? Yeah, we did get to meet the um, King and Queen. So, yeah, it was really special. Oh, and did you see family members f- uh, for the first time or had you met them in Australia beforehand? Um, yeah, I did meet some family members for the first time and then, um, yeah, some family came and visited me that I've met previously as well. Oh, do you think captaining the Tala has made your connection to Tonga stronger? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I didn't really grow up with that side of me fully you know dad we have a lot of Tongan family in Tonga and New Zealand um so for me it wasn't you know I didn't grow up fully in that culture Mm. so yeah I guess being a part of the team is helping me grow and connect to my culture more which I love you know sometimes I feel a bit guilty of not you know knowing how to speak Tongan or you know knowing certain things but that's just the way I was. I wasn't brought up that way, so I have to remind myself. And you know, I'm learning and I'm growing, and I think that's super important. And that's for other, you know, kids in this generation as well. Like, you know, people look down on them for not knowing their culture, but if you weren't brought up that way and mm. you're trying to, I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, it's been a big year. Let's start with debuting in the netball World Cup in Cape Town in July. How did it feel running onto the court for the first game with Tongatala? Yeah, it was really special. Um, yeah, and it was against Fiji, so it was pretty cool because we had played them um, previously before many times. So it was kind of a comfort zone to be able to play them first up because, you know, I did lose my breath quite quickly just being <laughs> on the world stage, you know, another level up. So it was another kind of energy of nervousness. So, um, yeah, but it was really cool to be in a World Cup. You know, you don't get to play in those often they come around once every four years so yeah it was pretty cool how do you battle that nervousness and not being able to breathe do you just have to wait to touch the ball for the first time yeah so the first quarter is usually the hardest just want to do well so you go 100 miles an hour (laughs) um what you usually settle in and then yeah you're pretty calm from there and you just look to the other girls and yeah you throw away some bad passes but then yeah you get of it what was it like having so much support in the crowd all the way across the the world? It, it was amazing seeing vision of the support that you had in the crowd. Yeah, it's incredible. I think, you know, that's our eighth player on the court is the crowd. You know, Tongans, they're so loud. They're known to be <laughs> loud and to be lots of them. Um, yeah, and no matter where we go, there are so many supporters that come out to watch us and it's pretty cool that, there's some supporters out there that don't even know netball, but they know the Tonga team is going to play. So they come and just support anyway. And I think that's just the great thing about our culture. And, you know, we are called the Friendly Island for a reason. And, yeah, that's something I love about Tonga. And now you've been a part of the Queensland Firebird squad since 2016. Has that experience helped when it comes to leading the Tala? 
Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, when I was in the um, team in 2016, I was under the leadership group of Laura Laura Geitz and Claire McMinimum, who are two, um, you know, biggest players in Queensland. Mm. So, um, yeah, to be able to learn off them um, and, you know, Kim Revellian at the moment, Gabby Simpson, yeah, definitely um, has helped me throughout my leadership roles. And, yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to lead my country. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The Pacific Games are coming up. How are you feeling about competing in your first Games? Yeah, I'm really excited. I hear some of the girls have played in one before and they tell me how exciting it is (laughs) uh, and that it's cool just to have a competition just for Pacific um, people. And see, I'm really looking forward to it, all the stuff on the court and off the court as well. Um, When do you get to come together as a squad before the Games so you can actually train together? Yeah, so um, I think it's the 20th of November. So we're in Brisbane for a training camp for a few days and then we fly to Solomon Islands together. What are your expectations? Are you aiming for gold? Yeah, definitely (laughs) aiming for gold. Um, You know, everyone that's going there is aiming for gold. So um, we hope so, but, um, yeah, we've got to do the work first. You mentioned, you know, you get to travel all around the world in the World Cup uh, and throughout Australia, South Africa. What is it like for the local girls uh, that are based in Tonga to be able to travel and have those opportunities and, and I guess, explore the world? Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think it's really important. And I think that's what's the that's the best thing about netball is that it can take you all around the world and, you know, you meet new people you visit new places, it, it doesn't just teach you about netball, it teaches you about life as well and, yeah, just about all things in the world that you can learn just from our sport, um, which is pretty cool. You mentioned your father who is of Tongan descent. Uh, he has passed away a few years ago. What do you think he would be thinking looking down on you right now leading Tongatala? <laughs> Sorry, this one gets me teary <laughs> every time. Um, yeah, I know he'd be proud Um yeah he'd just be really proud and yeah I could just imagine if he was here he'd just be oh he's so loud (laughs) usually (laughs) find netball games um in my netball dress supporting me um so yeah so proud and yeah I just hope I'm making him proud every time I step out there yeah yeah oh no doubt you're making him proud and the rest of Tonga every time you step out onto the court Uh, thank you so much for your time today Hulita and all the best for the Pacific Games Thank you so much. So nice to catch up with Hulita, captain of Tonga Tala, who will be aiming for gold this Pacific Games. Now, Tonga haven't won a gold medal in netball. The Cook Islands won gold in 2019, and Fiji have won the most golds uh, in netball with a total of seven gold medals. Talay, uh, Hulita is aiming for gold for Tonga Tala. Who do you think is going to take home gold this year? You can be biased. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I really hope the Fiji Pearls come back with the gold. Uh, but, you know, it's Tonga and they've been consistent um, recently. So it's a hard call. But I hope the Fiji Pearls come back home with gold. <laughs> 
Got lots of prospects in there for Fiji. Uh, it will be an interesting one to see how they're going. Uh, like you mentioned, Tongatala have been very strong recently and especially in that World Cup uh, in Cape Town earlier this year as well. So Hulita is very strong in, in getting not only a medal but gold medal for Tongatala. So we'll see how she goes there. All right. Well, you've been listening to my co-hosts and I for a while. It's time to get to know them a little bit more. It's time for our next segment. Gyamanstapwe is Tokpisan for Pick the Lie. Each co-host will tell us three things about themselves. Two will be true, one will be a lie. The other two co-hosts will try to Gyamanstapwe. Talei, we'll start with you. Three things about yourself. Two will be true, one will be a lie. Lisa and I will try and guess the lie. Off you go, Talei. All right, so um, I have a four-year-old daughter. I love making public speeches, and I was a sports anchor for Fiji's national broadcaster, FBC. Oh, okay, I like those. So you've got a four-year-old daughter. You love public speaking, and you were the news anchor for the Fijian Broadcasting... Is that right? Corporation, yeah. Corporation. Hmm, okay, uh, Lisa, I'm going to throw to you, which uh, I think they all seem viable, but what do you think the lie is, Lisa? Four-year-old daughter, she enjoys public speaking. She was a news anchor for Fijian Broadcasting Corporation. Um, I think I know for sure that she has a four-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. I know for sure that she worked for... Um, the Fiji Broadcasting Corporation, and she was an anchor. So I'm going to go with number two. Right, so <laughs> she she enjoys public speaking. Well, going on your response, and you know her, I'm going to lock in <laughs> two as well. <laughs> so I'm going to say, for someone in media, though, that's interesting, Sue. The, we think the lie is that you enjoy public speaking. Talay, what is the lie? <laughs> You both got me. I do not like making public speeches. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Lisa, for that background information. Help me get through there. Uh, it's interesting. So you work in media, but you don't like public speaking. So you don't mind, uh, I guess, reporting on sport and everything. Is it the crowd? So you don't mind radio or TV cameras, just a crowd? Yeah, so uh, I'm not really radio and TV. It's just stage fright like I can't speak to a a lot of audience so yeah that's where the problem is (laughs) (laughs) lots of people have that but you do a magnificent job behind the mic so that's the main thing that's why we've got you here um all right uh Lisa your turn three things about yourself two true one lie and Talay and I will try and guess the lie okay uh my birthday is on valentine's day um, at one point in my career, um, I worked for the government and I will be heading out with the rugby sevens team out to Brisbane tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you better not be. You've got so much to do in Honiara. I'm just going to lock that in straight away. You are not going anywhere. <laughs> Uh, Delay. What do you What do you think the lie is? Her birthday's on Valentine's Day. She's worked in, in government before, and she's heading off tomorrow for the rugby sevens. Yeah, no, I don't think she's going anywhere with the Pacific Games coming up. So <laughs> I'm going with that too. Yeah, I think we're going to lock in the third one. What is the lie, Lisa? Yeah, 
uh, I can't go anywhere at this point in time. <laughs> I wish I could just scoot off and come back. But no, yeah. You're both correct. <laughs> oh, we're doing well. We're all getting them right at the moment, which is fantastic. Uh, here is uh, my turn. Now, these are three jobs that I've had over the years. Two are true and one is a lie. So I once worked as a hype girl in a nightclub. I worked as a pizza delivery driver. And I worked as a dog food taster. So I had to taste dog food before it was approved. Um, all right, Lisa, what is the lie? Oh, okay. I think you could be a um, hot girl, mm-hmm. pizza <laughs> delivery driver. Mm-hmm. It's between pizza delivery and dog food taster. Okay. I'm going to go with the lie is a dog food taster. Dog food taster. Okay, locking that one in. Uh, what about you, Talay? Which one of those is the lie? Oh, this is so hard. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Lisa, dog food um, taster. I dog mean, food taster. Obviously, you can be a hype girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the third one. <laughs> Okay, you both of you are right in that I have been a hype girl in a nightclub. I did that for a couple of years. God, that was a fun job when I was younger. Um, my <laughs> first job was a pizza delivery driver. So you're right, I have never been a dog food taster. That is disgusting, but it is a real job, would you believe? Uh, well done. Hey, everyone got it right, all of us, throughout the thing. So Yay. we're good at picking the lies. Well done. Uh, that does bring us to the end of the show for this week. A big thank you to my co-hosts. Lisa Osifalo, news anchor for Tavuli News in the Solomons. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you very much, Bobby. And, uh, yep, thanks, Tale. It was nice um, being on the show with you as well. And, of course, Tale Mateirakula, sports reporter for the Fiji Times. Thank you, Tale. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Lisa. I'll see you soon. Indeed, you will see each other soon, very soon at the Pacific Games. And, of course, our audio producer for Fresh Off the Field, Nally Moa. Thanks again, Nally. Uh, thank you for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back next week with two new co-hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people and the Gadigal people. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.